Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, October 22, 2017. The text for the day is from Ephesians, the 6th chapter, verses 10 through 19, as follows. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against the enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. There was no better anthem that could have been sung to start this morning's message. As you see in your worship guide and the narrative there, and you've picked up on in the church newsletter and other things, this week we're starting our The Most Heavenly Harvest series, and we're going to be looking at the five vows of membership that we take when we join a United Methodist congregation. And... We're going to be looking at it this year through a different lens. We're going to be looking at it through the lens of harvesting that which God has already given us. I think sometimes we get caught up in trying to manufacture our own faith. We get caught up in trying to manufacture the tools that we need to live out the faith. And yet Scripture over and over and over again testifies to the fact that that to which God has called His people, God will also equip them to do the same. And we're going to be looking at reaping the harvest of what God has so graciously given us. And the gift of prayer, in many ways, is a simple cry, Here I am, Lord. Or as Martin Luther once famously said, here I stand, I can do no other. And we look at it, and it's hard though, because prayer is one of those most intimate things in our lives. We can get defensive about prayer. We can get defensive about praying with others. We can even get selective and about that for which we pray. And I don't know about you, but sometimes prayer is hard because I'm distracted. I was having some tests run a couple of weeks ago and I had to go into one of those little tubes and I'm very claustrophobic. And I was getting ready to, you know, I was, I was ready. I mean, I was fired up. I didn't even have any Valium this time. I went in there straight and I was laid out and I thought I was going to pray my way through the 45 minutes. Instead, all that kept going through my head was a theme song from one of Aaron's, or Anna's little cartoons. For 45 minutes, I had to think to the little Einsteins running in my head for the whole time, and I was about ready. I wish the magnets had been louder, 
Okay, it would have been much better than having that 45-minute song going over and over and over in my head. And then I thought about it and I said, you know, our Lord is a Lord of preparation. And he was preparing me to preach this sermon because that is an excellent illustration that even when we put our hearts and minds on it, prayer can be hard because there's so many distractions. And as a footnote, Anne is no longer watching cartoons at breakfast, okay? It's just not happening. I can't, I can't have that in my head anymore. But it's the idea that one of the reasons that our prayer lives suffer is we allow ourselves to get distracted. And we think we've got to find the strength from within to persevere. And yet, that's not the witness of Scripture. And it would be very easy to have preached this sermon using the Lord's Prayer passage, but that's also a very hard passage to preach because when we look at the words of the Lord's Prayer, we're praying stuff we may or may not really want to pray when we get down into it. But Paul, when he's writing his letters to the churches, even those that he's angriest at, or even those, I shouldn't say angry, even those he's most exasperated with. How about that? That's a little bit better word. You can feel his exasperation coming through the pages. He leaves them with a word of hope. And in Ephesians, he's telling them, look, I know the battle is hard. I know you've got a lot on your mind. I know you've got a lot on your hearts. And he's encouraging them to stay strong. He's encouraging them to stay strong. And we're going to see throughout the passage this whole idea of putting on the whole armor of God, putting on these various protective things, and he's using these analogies. He's reminding them to put on the grace of God through Christ. He's reminding them to prepare themselves for the battle of being the faithful in an unfaithful world by putting on Christ. But you notice he never says you have to produce the armor of God. He never says, you never have to produce the belt of truth. You never have to produce the breastplate of righteousness. What he says is just put them on. The implication being they have already been given them. Of course, the protection is Jesus Christ. But then he goes on, and then he says, to that end, or in verse 18, pray in the Spirit at all times, and in every prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me. Paul, remind, Paul is reminded as he gets to the end of this passage of something he said at the very beginning about be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His power. Put on the whole armor of God. And he brings it all together with prayer. And he, what he's doing is he's reminding us first and foremost is that prayer is a source of strength for it keeps us in touch with God. Prayer is a source of strength, for it keeps us in touch with God. Prayer is the, re the reason why the gift of prayer is the first of the vows that we take, is it is the most sacred promise we make, is to pray for our church to support our church and its membership and its ministries and its activities through prayer. And that's hard because we get so passionate and we get so emotional. We all do. And yet, when we go to God in prayer, we are reminded of the strength 
that God gives us to endure anything. The same strength that he is encouraging the Ephesians to have as they live out their faith in the world. And the question that's confronting us this morning is where is our strength? From where do we get our strength? From where do we get our ability to persevere? Where do we get it as individuals? Where do we get it as a family? Where do we get it as a church? One of the best pieces of advice I ever got uh, as far as my own faith came from Dr. Maxie Dunham, former president of Asbury Seminary, who was always reminding me, Lamar, keep company with the saints. Draw upon those who have gone before you. And lately I've been reading Last Testament. Uh, it's a series of interviews with Pope Benedict XVI. And one of the questions that was asked of him by his interviewer was, when you resigned, you yearned greatly to be able to live only in contemplation and prayer. Can you do that now? This is Pope Benedict XVI. All right, the 264th man to sit in the chair of St. Peter, who all he wanted to do was live a life of contemplation and prayer, and he says, not entirely. He says, first, it is not possible due to my psychological strength because I am simply not inwardly strong enough to dedicate myself constantly to divine and spiritual things. But there are also outside pressures. Pope Benedict XVI, I think, illustrates the essential nature of the power of prayer. Because you notice he says, I don't have it in myself. Prayer is a source of strength, for it keeps us in touch with God. And when we stay in touch with God, we become more aware and more cognizant of His great love for us. And, my and that begs another question. If not from prayer, where do we find our strength? Do we find it from our families? Do we find it from our friends? Do we find it from our status? Do we find it from our checkbook? Do we find it from the stroke we have? Where do we find the source of our strength? Because if we find it anywhere other than in communion with God Almighty, it's going to go away. Because there is a new heaven and a new earth that will come when Christ comes again in glory. And all the temporal stuff that we wrap ourselves up in will be gone. So rather than finding our strength in those things, let us find our strength in communion with God through the gift of prayer. I don't know about you, but there are times that I go through life and I feel like I'm all alone. There are times where I wonder, where is, you know, where is God? Does God really exist? Is there the dark night of the soul as has been so eloquently put by others? There are times where even the most faithful among us look up to God sometimes and say, Hello? 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 Anybody home? Hello? God, are you listening? God, are you there? And the answer is yes. And by simply entering into the act of prayer, we are reminded that we are not alone. Because prayer, by definition, acknowledges there's someone there to hear the prayer. Prayer, by definition, is a conversation with another. 
And when we lose the discipline of prayer in our lives, we're setting ourselves up to be a silo unto ourselves or a silo unto our little group of people. But when we spend time with the Lord in prayer, and prayer is far more than talking. As a matter of fact, the older I get, the less time I spend talking to God in prayer, and the more time I try to spend listening to God in prayer. And just by the simple gift of prayer that God has given us, the simple gift of prayer that Jesus shared with us, and one of the only direct answers He gave to His disciples when they asked Him, Lord, teach us to pray, He was very specific. The question for us this morning is, if not from God, with whom are we keeping company? One of the reasons why it's important for us as United Methodists to support our church with prayer is it reminds us that we're not alone. It reminds us we're not alone because we're praying to God. But it also reminds us we're not alone because prayer shifts out of our desires. It shifts out of our wants, out of our needs, and it shifts toward praying for a third party, our church. And so the discipline of prayer is absolutely essential to our heart, to our lives individually and as a church. Begging the question, where are we in our prayers? Then he goes on and he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore. And he goes on, With all of these, take the shield of faith. Take the helmet of salvation. And then he says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and every prayer and supplication. He didn't say just find a, find a good time to pray. He didn't say just go sit a certain time. He didn't say there was a time to pray and a time not to pray. I don't think that's even in the list of Ecclesiastes. But he says, pray in the Spirit at all times. At all times. And the only way we can do that is if prayer is a way of life. Do we think of prayer as a way of life? Do we think of allowing ourselves to be still and to bask in the presence of God? Or are we too busy trying to chase a bunch of squirrels? Prayer is one of those things that can transform lives and transform faith. How many times have we used the phrase, well, God just didn't answer that prayer? Or God chose not to answer that prayer. It's a well-intentioned sentiment. But is prayer about the results that we get? Is prayer about seeking a certain outcome? Or is prayer a way of life? Now, I'm not saying to walk out here and say, the preacher said don't pray for specific things. It's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is when we reduce prayer simply to a God, I want this discipline. And when we reduce prayer simply to a functionary thing as opposed to a relationship thing, then we have missed one of the reasons why prayer is the first and foremost of our commitments to our church. Because prayer is not meant to be a specific set-aside thing that's situational. It is to be a way of life. 
He goes on and says in verse 18, to that end, keep alert and always persevere at supplication for all the saints. Which brings us to our fourth point. Prayer is communal. Prayer is communal. Always persevere in supplication. Always persevere in bringing all the saints of the church, our fellow brothers and sisters to the church, to God together. Let us be those who also pray for those who lead us. Let us pray for the message that is being proclaimed. You know, as Paul's looking here at the Ephesians and he's saying, prayer's not about you, but prayer is about all. And we have the responsibility. We have the opportunity. We have the opportunity to look at prayer as a communal act. And we've been given all that we need to be people of prayer. God has already sown in us the gifts of prayer. He has given us, He's created us, given us life. He's given us salvation through Christ. He's given us power through the Holy Spirit. He's given us encouragement through the community of faith. He's given us accountability through the community of faith. He's given us all these things so that we may be people who pray. We don't have to make it up. We don't have to figure it out. Ours is simply to reap what God has already given us. So what does this have to do with the vows of membership in the church and prayer being the most important? The absolute most essential thing we can do for each other is to be people of prayer. That has to be at the heart of who we are as people of prayer. And I don't think there's a one of us, I don't think there's a one of us in this room who could not find some room to find our prayer life strengthened. I mean, after all, you're talking to the preacher who had the little Einsteins instead of the Lord's Prayer going through his head when he was having a test the other day. Okay, we all fight these battles. But that's the gift of the community. It's when we love and we encourage and we support one another and we pray for one another. We can find the ability to be strong in the Lord. We can be, find the ability to put on the whole armor of God. We can find the ability to live all these things out because they're right there with us. All we have to do is reap the harvest of the gift of prayer. So let us be people who find prayer as a source of strength. Let us be people who remember that prayer reminds us we are not alone. Let us be people for whom prayer is a way of life. And let us be people for whom prayer is communal because we are not called to do it by ourselves. But we are called to strengthen others and to be strengthened by others as we share together the power of prayer. Next month, we're going to have the opportunity to put pen to paper and to commit 
to how much time we are going to spend daily in prayer for our church because it is part of who we are. And it is the starting point for all that we do as the people of God, of this congregation, and the church universal. Thank you for listening to this podcast of First United Baptist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana. You may find out more about us at fumcderitter.org.